Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. This is episode 117 of the workshop podcast, and it is May 22 of 22. Kind of excited tonight. In a minute, we're going to bring Prepper Rob on. It's going to be a really good episode, guys. We had some pre-conversation. I don't want to spoil it, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. All about prepping for special needs family members. But real quick, we always get the few little um, administrative items out of the way. So announcements. Next week, next Sunday, I've got a guy named Greg Gorecki. I really hope I pronounced that proper. He is a fellow Albertan. He's coming on the show chatting about the... So the name of the place is the Apocalypse Preparedness and Survival School out of Edmonton. So I was super excited to get a fellow Flatlander to come in and chat with me. And this is a school that they they run on weekends where they're teaching survival skills, homesteading skills, bushcraft, all that. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great episode. Now, number two, a follow-up to our Angry American interview the other day. Chris is going to send us a couple of signed books. So we, we are going to do a giveaway with that. I'm rather excited. So if anybody has any suggestions on how we should do this giveaway, send them to me. Social media, email, doesn't matter. Just give me some suggestions. We'll come up. The best ones will we'll come up and we'll do a couple of giveaways. I, it was super nice. And that was one of the best interviews I've ever had. And it was, uh, yeah, what a cool dude. Hey, James Richter. And number three, come and join us on Telegram. You guys hear me say this every week, but it's because it is the best place to drop in and join us as part of the workshop community. We had a chat today about tool batteries. <laughs> How many is too many? The answer is never too many. We had a question about swapping out toilets, the whole works. Anyway, so drop by. That link is in the description. And today's tool, if you guys haven't seen one of these before, it's $4.99 on Amazon. It's an Irwin Carpenter's Pencil Sharpener. It's really cool. The flat pencil goes in and the sharpener turns around it. Saves you from trying to cut your thumb off when you're using a jackknife to sharpen it. It's become one of my go-tos. I always have a couple of them in the bottom of my toolbox. Uh, link is in the description. And yeah, check it out, guys. Other than that, Let's bring Prepper Rob on. Give me one second. We'll bring him up. Hey, Rob. How are you, bud? Greetings. Doing great. Good. So where are you located? I'm located in Louisville, Kentucky, which is like the Kentucky Derby. It's in Kentucky's in the uh, middle of the, of the United States, East Coast. We're about uh, six, six hours from Washington, D.C., east of Washington, D.C. Okay. That's where they, is that where they make Louisville sluggers? Yes, we do. <laughs> right on. I'm a, I'm a baseball fan, but uh, J Jays especially, so you, you don't have to hold it against me, you know? <laughs> uh, how? So here, here comes the ignorant Canadian in me. Uh, how far is Louisville from Nashville? Uh, about six hours. Okay, so not, yeah. yeah. About, from my house to Nicole's, I th I've looked on the map. It'd take me six hours to get there. Oh, that ain't too bad then. Okay, yeah. I, I knew it was in that area because when Becky and I were heading down that way, I remember seeing it kind of in the periphery of the map, you know? Yeah. And okay, we must be getting down there. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about you, Rob. Um, you know, I always, this is my favorite one, but you know, where'd you grow up? How'd you get in the family business? And most importantly, what was your first job you did in high school? Okay. Well, my first job, it's really my only job. I've worked for the family business my whole life for, for uh, you know, about 35 years. And uh, so I was cleaning, you know, cleaning out trash cans, running deliveries, stuff like that for the plumbing business. And my dad did a whole lot of yard work at the house. 
And I know he told a guy one time, well, I'm not much into yard work. Well, what do you mean? We do yard work all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. so that that's what I did there. And uh, so uh, grew up grew up in, in Louisville and in the in the suburbs. Uh, and uh, so it's it's kind of like that when people when I got into prepping about five years ago, I mean, the talk of you know, processing animals and all that. I have to skim past that a little bit. I'm more of a touchy feely guy, but I'm okay. glad I want all those guys around. I'll I'll provide good lights and a, a, a place to process all those animals. But I'm not I'm not really in in on that. Don't want to be in on that. That's okay. I you know what that it's funny because you know so many people in my community are homesteaders and it's hard for Becky and I to call ourselves homesteaders because we live in a I don't know. It's a rural town and we live in the town. So we do our best to homestead there. But yeah, it's it. You know, that's the cool thing about being into preparedness and being a prepper is it you don't have to be a specific type. You know, you, you can be the guy that helps other people or, you know, if, if you're not into animals, well, then you can trade for, it. you know, that's what I like. But All right. so, so you're married. Um, mm -hmm. how, How'd you meet your missus? Well, we went. It was uh, it was uh, online. It was it was a dating agency I'm trying to remember called matchmaker and i was oh, yeah i was uh i dated a, a lady and uh we it didn't work out but she turned me on to my wife tracy so we've been married 30 years 30 years yes sir right on and you, you've always lived where you live now basically in that kind basic of general area, area? basic area yeah the louisville area and uh and i like the i live right across the bridge and it's neat. You got you got the big city, and then what some some people call the back porch, the the rural the, the rural uh, uh, cross the bridge. So you're um you're kind of close to the city, but you you've got enough of that kind of rural area that you can yeah. roam around and enjoy yourself. I do because it's what I, I I moved up here before I was a prepper, and now I'm the the second to last house before you hit the farmland. And oh. that's what I tell people to do is is your goal should be to, to live where I'm living. Don't get way far out. Yep. Don't live in an HOA. Don't be downtown high rise building, but be just on the edge of town where you can be close to, to supplies and other people. That rural urban fringe. We've heard that said a few times, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Rural yeah. urban fringe. That's that's I'll use that. That's a new term. So you, uh, so then at, you know, I guess probably about 10 years into being married, um, along came a bundle of joy named Josh. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So, so this is what you came on for. Um, yeah. and I, I, as we chatted earlier, I, not to sound ignorant, I don't know a whole lot about autism or the challenges that you face. So if you yeah. can I gladly take as long as you need to, to kind of tell me, you know, the whole process, like, you know, what, how, how, how young do you find out that they're autistic and go from there? Yeah, what happens is that that, uh, that autism autism is right now there's a it's an epid I don't know if you call it an epidemic but there's a a big rise in it now it's one in ten boys it's more in boys than girls I didn't know that it okay. is it is there's an explosion of autism okay in, in the past uh, in the past uh, twenty years okay and so now so what happens is it comes on at about age two. Now there's what the, there's a lot of different theories on why it is that that if you hear things, well, 
my son was cured by this. My daughter is cured by that. It's a spectrum. Yep. And different children are on different sets, uh, different areas, different states, not really stages, but different planes. So my child is low functioning. He's nonverbal. Okay. And you can have somebody that has half functioning Asperger's and they can, they can be a college professor. They can live on their own, but they can't tie their shoes. They can't oh. operate a vending machine. So, wow. okay. And, and they, the high functioning Asperger's people, they won't, they don't, they won't get jokes. They don't, they take things literally like there's a, an Asperger's uh, high functioning guy in college. He said, we're not supposed to have beer in our dorm room. And, and I take the beer and I throw it out. And since the guys did, didn't see me do it, they'll never know. Right. Because, because the, in his eyes, and if, if they didn't see me do it, then they would never figure that out. Now on a lower functioning, see my child has never seen me climb out a window. So and let so if there was a so I've never done that in front of him because he does know he could open that window and crawl out. He's never seen me do it. So if he never sees something, he 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 has no concept of being able to do it then, right? That's right. I mean they can be they could be carrying a coat and it could get cold but they wouldn't think to put it on. It, it's, it's, that's the way their brain works. Do they, do they feel discomfort or pain then? Or they, they have a high threshold for pain, which is worrisome. They, their, their pain receptors are about the same. It worries us that, that like if he ever broke his leg or broke his arm, he wouldn't be able to broke his leg. He wouldn't be able to stay off of it. He wouldn't, sure. he wouldn't understand. Okay. I can't get up and run. I can't get up and walk. And then it wouldn't heal. Right. Mm-hmm. So eventually, if that happens, he's going to have, he'll have that, he'll have a permanent um, problem for the rest of his life. So it's, it's uh, overwhelming. So um, what would the difference between autism and Asperger's be then? Okay. Asperger's is the high functioning. Children. Okay. Or, and then you get into the savants, like, like, a, like Rain Man was a savant where he could, he could count things. He could do math in his head, but he didn't understand how much, like in the movie, what, you know, a car and a candy bar cost the same, but he could do math. Right. So that's a savant. And then there, there are high functioning savants like uh, Elon Musk and, uh, and Bill Gates. Uh, they say they have autism. Okay. Right? And so, so you can be brilliant and have that and work with it. Or you can be uh, you can be in the middle there. There are people that can talk and live on their own, but they have to be in assisted living. They have to have people take care of them, check on them. Right. Like uh, there's a, a very good podcast called uh, Autastic, where you have two oh. comedians, and one of them is up in Canada, um, and and then one of them has a son who lives in Sweden. One of them's low functioning, but the other one is is middle functioning. But the middle, but the other, the other uh, child who's thirty, he could never, he couldn't, he's not be able to take care of himself. Wow! And so it's when you get autism, and when you have a special needs child, it's 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 a life, it's a life sentence. And you, we love our children, and and they're great. And we worry about when we die, how do we keep uh, the organ vultures from 
going into the facility or meeting a guy outside the facility who's taking out the trash and say, bring me out most healthy kid there. We're going to euthanize him and sell his and sell his organs. Now they do that right now in China. Wow. So that just because the money is fine. You just get a, a life insurance policy, name them the beneficiary and put that and you can do all kind of things to show them they have plenty of money. But when you pass away, who's going to take care of them? Now you, so like we don't have any other children. My nephew has a, a, a daughter with Down syndrome, and then they went on to have two other children. So there's three boys that can take care of her. Right. And, but still, she'll still be in a facility. I mean, they're going to have to try, okay, is she going to live with one of us? So she's in a facility then, you know, that's what, that's what worries us. So, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's, you know, normal kids, they grow up and they go off and you, hopefully they don't get into fentanyl. Hopefully they're successful. Hopefully they don't have a bunch of tattoos, but, or whatever. But, but when you have a special needs child, you don't have that luxury. They're going to be with you forever. It how do you look at that, Rob? Like, I know you called it, you said it's a life sentence and I know you, yeah. you love your son, but that, that's got to be a hard dichotomy, is it? Yeah, it, it is. It is like one of the things that they say that the, that the autistic children don't live an average lifespan because their brains are running so fast that it wears them out. So oh. it, it's very scary to think that, you know, that if he got like my, my cousin Donna got, 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 got a brain scrambled because she was out in the middle of the night trying to help somebody stopped on the side of the road another car comes in there hits them all and her brains are are messed up so she got ovarian cancer at age 35 and my aunt d didn't didn't um didn't treat it okay she just let it take her and and it's it, it's a terrible it's a terrible burden sure and uh so that's when you when you, you do all the you do all the therapies like the way I look at it is I got my whole life to work on him to get mm -hmm. him to the point where he can be as as uh, as sufficient as possible. Like if they came out with with a way you know a way to change his brain the way it works so mm -hmm. he could understand so he could uh, be more uh, could take care of himself understand what's going on. Uh, I would do it toward the end of, end of my life if they had practiced this thing for years, if they had some treatment. So the probably that that uh, that I don't know. I, I think that that I, I hope that I can catch them up mm -hmm. within the next uh, within the next. Uh, like I'm I'm 56. I plan to live for 100. I'll have all sorts of whatever organ you want to experiment on. <laughs> I'll have, I'll have them all. I got to stay. I got to take care of Josh to the end. But so I've got so I've got another you know forty years to to try to get him to talk. Like like I he does some signs and I can teach him a sign in a few days. He communicates with sign language, and we also do what we call picture exchange or pecs. Okay. So he started off with little cards. You could laminate his cards and he flip out. He flipped through his book and point this is what i want so now we have it on our smartphones and so he'll get out his smartphone and there's a program and he'll flip through it and he'll tap that and it'll say because i've recorded my voice on it i want 
chicken. I want shower. I want to go to the plumbing shop. I want to go home. And, wow. And I like, he'll flip through and I want White Castle. He'll study. Those <laughs> I, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I so hate White Castle, he, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. <laughs> that's how he communicates. So he can, he, he's very receptive. It's coming in. Like I'll say, he'll, he'll get, he doesn't understand days of the week. And I haven't worked on teaching him that. So if he gets up early, he thinks it's ready to go to the plumbing shop. And I say, no, it's, 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 it's a school day. And so he'll get upset. He understands when I say, well, we're not going to the plumbing shop. We're going to the, uh, we're going to the, you got to go to school. Sure. He, under, he understands what's going on. It's uh, like, if I say, Josh, I'm too tired to go on a, to go on a ride. He likes to ride around in the, in the country. So every <laughs> 45 minutes, he pulls me to go ride around in the country on these country roads. So we, we go for a 20 minute ride and then we come back and he jumps in the shower place and shower do that again. So now I got a therapist that, uh, that we work with an occupational therapist. So we've got lots of homework. So I say, okay, now we've got to do some exercises before we go on a ride. And it's, 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 it's this before that the same way with, with food therapy like we want him he loves chicken and crackers and that's all he eats so we and luckily he doesn't like candy and he doesn't like sweets a lot of these kids get very yeah. big because they don't move around they love sweets and the doctor said as much medicine that he's on he should be heavier wow but he's not he's not and uh so like uh, he loves soft drinks and um uh, so we just we can't have them here because he'll drink them all one after another. So we'll go on a soft drink run. Or okay. I got him. I got the hat, the little half cans in the car, and I make him drink diet stuff. We drink Gatorade. That's um, neat. So do you? So there he has, or at least there's some ability in there to communicate. You think, or I mean, yeah. obviously, right? Yeah. So do you, I mean, hopefully this isn't too far-fetched and stop me of it, you know, but you've heard of things like, um, you know, you, you mentioned Musk, Elon Musk earlier mm -hmm. and the, the Neuralink thing that he was talking about. Do you yeah. think, that, do you think that maybe some sort of, I don't even know how to put it. I don't want to call it cybernetic because that sounds so science fiction, but mm -hmm. do you think there's some sort of, you know, computer human interface there that might be able to help him communicate maybe 10 or 20 years down the road? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a there's a guy now that has a a, a brain scan uh, gadget you can put on his head, and with with your mind, you can manipulate the screen. Right, I've so seen that. that. That technology is there, and I, I think that within the next forty years, there'll be ways for him to to communicate uh, through a, through a computer. And I'm not giving up on on teaching him to, to do sign language and teaching him to count and teaching him to his alphabet. I mean, I'm not giving up that I can't, that I cannot make him uh, know all that stuff. I mean, be a regular kid. I've got my whole life to educate him to the point where he can get a job and he can, he can function and he can understand, he can do tasks. I'm, I, I think he's in there. He's in there. It, it's it's I've got to I've got to do I've got to do my the occupational therapy homework like he's got a the more core strength you have sitting up straight 
and your body movements. If you do all that stuff, then that helps your brain function better. So that's one theory. So we have somebody coming in doing occupational therapy uh, five, you know, once, you know, once a week we do that. Okay. And then we've got, uh, I'm going to, I found there was, a, there was, I've got my shirt for the feet um, families for effective treatment of autism. Okay. And they, have, and they had a provider fair and there's a, another person that's going to do speech therapy. So nice. we're going to get that because one of the things in the U.S. that, the problem is, is the Medicaid in the U.S. Uh, takes care of the poor people. It's different than Medicare. It's Medicaid. Okay. And you have, for people that, that make money that are not technically poor, you have to be on a waiting list. And they mm -hmm. call it the waiver where they waive the requirement for you to be low income. So as parents, we're on the list for, you know, 10, 15 years so we can get some government help. Wow. But then when we do, like the Lord's blessed me with so much stuff, we, we're dumping it right into his therapy. Because so so like we're going to get another therapist and like he's got one more year of high school. So I worry about, OK, what's going to happen? Um, you know, after that, is there are there day programs? Because right now we've got a lady through the government who, which watches him from seven to five. OK. And it took as many years. You can get on the waiver list. But then you got to find an agency that pays his employees good to get good people. Yeah. So the shortage in trying to find somebody to help. I mean, that's that's it's a uh, it's hard. You can't find you can't find good people. How do you how do you, I know this wasn't a question I was going to ask, but how do you stay positive, Rob? You seem to have a good attitude and you're you're optimistic about it. I love that because I, I can imagine some people would see that as just a lot more difficult than you do. Yeah, I mean, I, I have my good days and bad days. I mean, like today, as I'm talking to you, I, I'm inspired by all by all that I that I can do, and and uh, and and so you just you just you just go on with it. You you look back at your accomplishments, like we like we did the uh, we've done all the therapy, and we we've learned all the all the stuff. We we got we had to do the guardianship stuff. Uh, we have to do a special needs trust. We've done all that. So we've done all the, we've done all the good stuff. Good for and you. We just, we just, uh, we just uh, you just go on with it. And um, I, I assume that, you know, you and your wife have to lean on each other sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, we do. Cause she's a, she's more of a disciplinarian than I am. And, and uh, so like, He'll be jumping on the trampoline. It's time to come in, and he won't come in. And my wife will say, "Josh, come in," and he runs in. <laughs> and I, the other night, he wouldn't eat his food. I said, "I'm texting your mother," and I was voice texting it, but I hadn't sent it yet. And he started eating his food. So, so we have a we have a great relationship. And one of the to get back to when he was a child, mm -hmm. that he did. He was coming on it, and he was he was saying words. And then he had the measles, bump, rubella shot. And what we did is we were just trying to get caught up on our vaccinations because our doctor, there was only two places in the country 20 years ago making these vaccines. And they were behind, so we wanted to catch him up. Well, we gave him three one month and then two the next month. And he went downhill from there. Aww. So th what it is is that there's the thermarosol is a preservative that was in the measles, bump, rubella uh, 
you know, shot. And I think that, that what happens is that that the doctors are trying to give all these children all these vaccines at one time and their little bodies can't handle it. So like so I think that that since we we had him at 32 and 28, the terrible program, the alpha fetal protein test said he was going to have Down syndrome. So okay. did the shot cause this or, or did it just come on? Because it comes on at 24 months. So what I want all these young parents to do, get all your vaccinations, just divide them up. Like, uh, that's, and because yeah. that's what I'm saying to do. Now, some children like a, like Amy at a farmish kind of life, none of her children have been vaccinated. And so it's, it, you get into this, well, we automatically have to vaccinate. You've got to have your shots to go to school. Well, why do we go to school? Can we go to homeschool? Can we do this? Can we do that? So when you get into the automatic, to the, to the system, the system says everybody has to be vaccinated. Well, well, why? And can we, so just don't automatically do that. So, so spread it out, get it. And that's, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. So you, so we, I, man, we were, we're almost a half hour in already. We're doing good, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm proud of you guys, man. That's awesome. I'm yeah. I mean, it's a tough, you know, everybody gets a hand that they're dealt with that can be uh-huh. difficult, but you guys are doing well. So, so you've brought, you know, now he's 20 years old and you said about four years ago, you um, kind of get into preparedness and being uh-huh. a prepper. How did yeah. that start? And what, what were your first few steps you took as a prepper? Well, it started with, uh, I remember being the drive through at Wendy's and on the, and, uh, and the, uh, and they were, there was Dick Cheney, vice president was on the uh, radio saying the number one thing he worried about was North Korea with an EMP weapon. And right, and and we were worried because he had launched a satellite that was flying around there, and could it have a bomb on it and all that? So the first thing I started building was Faraday cages. Okay. And I built I built three or four of them and and perfected my design. I've got one on my on my website. I'm trying to I'm trying to sell. I made out a giant piece of ductwork, and so I so I did that. Then I I took I had these barrels of water. I had I got. Four fifty-five gallon drums of water. Before I even knew about the IBC cage totes, where'd so, you get the, where'd you get the drums from? Well, my brother uh, had some type of cleaning agent in it, and I and I washed them out and yep. washed them and washed them and washed them, and then and I'll probably uh, that'll probably be more bathing water, flushing sure. water, and yep. then I started collecting, um, filling up two liter bottles and giant one gallon. Uh, orange juice bottles and fruit and apple juice bottles and I just put shelves in the basement and started you know collecting water and uh, then I ran wires in the house for in, for uh, 12 volt lights in the ceiling upstairs oh. and downstairs and then so, I ran a, a line from my from my battery bank to my wood stove and to my furnace so I could run them off the generator nice okay and so because I tell people don't just start off with the basics, figure out mm-hmm. what, what minimal, what, what's the minimum that I need. And, and, and just, just start from there. I've got a, just got a little Harbor Freight, uh, uh, battery, uh, solar panels and a charge controller, but I've got, I've got six, uh, deep cycle batteries and a bunch of other car batteries. So I was able to run my furnace in the middle of summer for about six hours off yes, the batteries sir. okay and so 
so but i've got the generator i've got two generators i got a big one and a small one that can run that can run the deep freeze and mm -hmm. uh so that's what i did i started collecting the first aid supplies we have a lady at work that did z medical i mean now they've gone under they've got bought out for somebody else but they oh, used to give know. me their expired first aid supplies so okay so i started collecting all of them and i just so my plan with Josh to tie it into has always been is called compound prepping because okay. what I'm going to do at my house, I live, I got lucky. I moved to this house before I was a prepper. It's at the end of the, it's where farmland meets the suburbs. Okay. So what I'm going to do is that, that, that if we have an East coast power grid attack, because the East coast power grids divided up into three sections, Texas, west of the rocky mountains and the east coast so yep. if terrorists wanted to do that it's very easy two guys in a private jets they steal two private jets full of fuel and they fly into these two giant facilities and they could take the power out for five years in the united states because we made the mistake of going to alternating current which uses transformers so that's the big thing and if that happened then I would, then what I would do is that I would set up a compound. I would tell my neighbors, you know, uh, you do guard duty and I'll feed you and I'll wash your clothes in exchange for this, for that. So after they get over the shock of it, they're going to barricade the road on either end. Nobody's going to get in. We're supporting Rob. That's a great and way. So, so that's so, so with, with special needs, when you get into prepping, Special needs parents, they 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 don't go through, I gotta abandon the shelter of my house and run out in the woods for fear of what everybody's gonna do. Right. It's more afraid of what everybody's gonna do than being out in the elements. But when you have a special needs child, you know you can't do that. You gotta bug in, right? You gotta bug in. So I've always been bug in. I never did I never did the bug out stage. Uh, to be absolutely Honest, I recommend I recommend that 99% of the time for everybody. Yeah. Because all your shit's there, right? I mean, yeah. literally everything you have is home. Right. <laughs> so what um, I mean, you know, you, you got water, you got batteries, you got food, that kind of stuff. So what um specific or special concession, like you said, chicken and, and crackers that you're uh -huh. that Josh likes quite yeah. a bit. So what kind of specific provisions have you had to do for your son? Well, what we just we have a freezer full of full of full of chicken. And that, that's really about it. We've got medicines on his medicine. So we've got we've we've got the C B D oil and the C B G oil. Oh, what's mean, the difference? Well, C B G is it's kind of the same thing as C B D. And I don't remember exactly what the difference is, but I'm really a big fan of what's chiropractic, what's called cranial sacral therapy. Okay. They can actually the doctor can feel your spine and feel the spinal fluid going through your spine. And he can do little tiny adjustments because when my autistic son was going through puberty, he would try to strangle us going down the road. If we passed up this place, he wanted to go in and eat or he wanted to go to play. So when he, he was getting cranial sacral treatments every week, well, this guy got sick and we had to find another couple of doctors in town to do it. So it's 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 a it's a real lifesaver. But on the medicine, we save all his medicines. Okay. That when they if he gets off the medicine, we 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 save all our medicines. So what I would do there is that I would I need to get more uh, CBD oil, 
because I think that that would help with uh, that would help with the uh, with the aggression. Have you seen? Uh, um, do, do, do you give him CBD oil now? Not now. I'm, I'm saving it up for, for okay. when, we, when we we did when he was going through this looping phase where he would he would go through a phase where he'd bite his hand and he every night he went through it. He would bite his hand. He would run around the house. He would dump drinks out. He'd try to gag. And we finally figured out it was catatonia, and they gave him some medicine that, that knocked it out. But we also have, we could give him his lorazepam, which is mm -hmm. what we have to do to sedate him to take him to the dentist. So we take him to the dentist and a haircut at the same time every three months. And he's getting so strong that he's taller than me. He weighs, you know, 185. Like, he'll come down here. He did on on a Brian Lotz when I was on his show, yep. he came down and he pulled me away. And what I have to do is I have to go with him because he could break my wrist if I fought it. Okay. He's so strong. And so, so that's what I'm more, you know, I think he'd be okay. The seizure medicine and the, the stuff to sedate him and the CBD oil, if he, if he got aggressive. Now he's gone through puberty. I, you know, I don't know how he would do. I mean, I talked to the doctor about all the medicines and we get them off some of this and we just we just have to continue on with it. OK. And you, you were telling me um, earlier that you, you had to build a uh, special protection in yeah. the vehicle as well. What what did you have to do there? What I had to do there is I had in the Jeep we had I, I took a made a barrier out of wood mm -hmm. um, and I cut a hole in it. And I, my wife's taller than me, and I should have had her sit in it because she could barely see out. But don't change it. It's fine. So, <laughs> so and then people, they thought we were transporting dogs or something because they didn't understand what it was. We got a few looks. But so we so the second one in the neck in the minivan, I made it out of plexiglass. Okay. Uh, oh, much better. Sure. Much better. Polycarbonate quarter inch thick plexiglass. And because the, the minivan had rear air conditioning. Nice. And so we did that. And the problem is, is that, so he grew out of that, but it's, it, it's, it's, uh, but when you, you can, you can get like my wife, it, it frightened her so much when he would try to do that going down the road. So it took her a long time to get to the point where she was comfortable uh, sure. without the barrier because we got a new car and it didn't have rear air conditioning. And uh, so, so we don't do the barrier anymore. Uh, I still have one because the lady that that, that that transports them, she sometimes takes them out to eat. So I made a barrier for her. Okay. And that's one of the things that I can do for special needs children in town. That's another side hustle. I can make I can make these barriers, um, and uh, that's what we had to do. So is he, he obviously then he's able to get out of his like um, safety restraints or uh, seatbelt yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would, yeah. he would come right out of that seatbelt. I mean, the and uh, so we figured that out. Um, so, I, but uh, yeah. I was watching Brian's um, uh, live stream there from the Lots Project, and mm -hmm. he um, he brought you a sock while you were talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did. What is that? Well, what he is that's how he, he that's how he communicates that he wants to go somewhere. That if he he'll bring me socks. And then the socks are, if he brings me socks, that means he's going to, he wants me to put his shoes on. We put our shoes on, then we go for a ride. Okay. So he know that's his way of communicating. And like today, we're at the plumbing shop and he put his glasses on 
and got his shoes and socks. He said, okay, when I put my glasses on, that means we go somewhere. So that's just recently that that that, that we're that we're trying to make him wear his glasses uh, more often. And their um, uh, autistic children are, are um, I hate to say creatures of habit, but I mean that's just a saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, yeah. So routine helps them quite a bit. Oh, they love routine because the problem is is that their senses are all on one hundred percent because they can't tune anything out. Okay. Like, like in the olden days, you used to have the fluorescent bulbs that buzz. Right. And they go into a room and that that sound would bother them. They could hear that. Okay. And like if a, like a lot of them cover their ears because so much noise is coming in at one time, they can't filter it out for a few minutes. I went to school with a, a young man named Craig, and my that was I mentioned to you that my uh, friends of mine fostered um, and he would uh cover his ears rock back and forth and, yeah. and hum or holler right. quite often mm -hmm. so is that that's kind of common that's, right. that's what they call stemming uh for stimulate it's it's uh, stimulating they're trying to do a counter stimulation to all the stuff that's they're trying to do something to block out everything that's that's coming in because they can't turn their senses off like a, a faucet was dripping or a clock was ticking or annoyed. I mean, that stuff drives them nuts. And so, so the routine, I mean, if the routine gives them safety. Right. And, and comfort. A, and a comfort in a chaos world, like they have uh, deep pressure, like he has a weighted blanket. And so mm. they like that. A lot of them like to cocoon and get in tight spaces because they like that deep pressure. It's very comforting. So, I mean, so we, yeah, so I'm kind of getting a little bit of the idea, but it, um, so food, of course, you, you want them to be able to, so for prepping, of course, yeah, like you said a, a deep freeze full of chicken. And right. so, and you said, obviously bugging in mm -hmm. and the big thing would be, um, I, I assume then at this point would be to try to um, continue his um, routine the best you yeah. could, right? Yeah, it would be a new routine. He would, that instead of getting in the car and going for a ride, we would, we would walk down the street or we would, you know, we would, I'm thinking about if I ever got a golf cart or, well, I've got the lawnmower. We would, we would, uh, you know, I need to get a, a little trailer and then we would just drive feet, get on or build a sidecar. Cause I, I gotta be able to see him. So he doesn't jump out. <laughs> I'd have to build a sidecar. I probably eventually I'd like to get a, uh, you know, a golf cart. Because okay. I'm always thinking of something that 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 we can ride around in the neighborhood post event. I mean, sure. Because a lot of preppers they keep wanting to talk about the big issues. Well, it's a matter of prepping is what's going to happen today, and I believe prepping is is 80% Dave Ramsey and only 20% Jack Spirico because Dave Ramsey is a big financial guy in the U.S. Sure elaborate on that. I, I seen that principle and I've yeah. kind of been all, all over the, the questions you sent me, yeah. but uh, talk about that because I really like that, that saying. So would, yeah. you know, I mean, for the people that may maybe don't know who either of those fellers are, although yeah. most people will just mm -hmm. yeah, elaborate a little there. I like that. Yeah. Well, Dave Ramsey, it's, it's, it's uh, the, he does the, uh, the financial peace university and he's been okay. doing it for about uh, probably 20, 25 years. And it's, and his philosophy is you cut up all your credit cards and you don't use credit cards and you, you pay off all your debts and you do what the snowball effect, you list all your debts, 
from the most to the least and you attack that small debt and, and then you and then you pay that off and you take that money you save there and you do the other debt and so his big thing how it ties into prepping is you have to maturity is the ability to delay pleasure right so, like what i want to eat you know the bacon egg and cheese from white castle every morning i can't i can't afford that it's unhealthy so i'm going to delay that pleasure so when you can get your finances in order, when you can, and then you you can think outside the box, like I enjoy doing this, but this is not a good idea. I, I have friends, I hang around with friends who drink beer and spend money, but I, instead I'm going to hang around with people that want to save money, or I'm going to hang around with people that go to the gym. So whoever you're around, you're being influenced by. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, like uh, John from SEO Tactical said in his presentation. So that's so if you hang around with financial people and then you say you make a decision, OK, I'm, I'm going to pay off all this debt. We are going to have we are going to pay off our mortgage by a certain age. We are going to have you start off having a thousand dollars in the bank. That way you have an emergency fund, a minimum. So if the so if a, a big dentist bill comes, the refrigerator goes out, then you have $1,000 cash and you don't put it on the credit card with interest because compound interest is, it's just math. And if it's in the stock market, it's going up, then it helps you. If you have credit card debt with, with interest, it hurts you. So right. it doesn't matter. It, it, it's just math. It has no emotions. So pay off all your credit card debts and then when you can learn to think outside the box, then you can apply that to prepping, saying, well, what happens if if the light turns green and I go through the light, somebody T-bones me and I wake up at the hospital a month later and you're standing there and your wife's running around and wife's standing there and her your autistic child's running around her flapping his arm. She's holding his newborn child you've never seen. And the, <laughs> the rental company won't pay for a rental car. What are we going to do? Well, you come out of your coma and you say, well, we've got this money. Let's do this, this, and this. Because you've had money in the bank. Right. You, had, you, you saved up. You had $5,000 sitting there. Well, you've lost your job, but you, you had disability insurance. What are you going to do? So you just save, you save your money and you, you, just, you just plan on what's going to happen. Prepping is about not the big things. It's about everyday things. And that's what Dave Ramsey talks about. So if you can do that, then you can go to Jack Spierko and you can and you can listen to him for a while and get his philosophies about don't automatically believe uh, what the the government is saying because Dave Ramsey, you know, Jack doesn't like Dave Ramsey. I mean, he he has his criticisms of him, but but I really like Dave Ramsey and I like Jack and you just you just do both. So what you're saying is then that <laughs> prepping should make your life better, whether it's, uh, well, two things. Prepping should make your life better, whether bad things happen or they don't. Right. And you should probably prep for the most likely, you know, like you said, yeah. busting through a green light and getting hit as opposed. Yeah. I mean, yes, if you get all that covered, sure, we can talk about worldwide grid down and everything. But yeah. it sounds to me like you're, you, you, and it sounds like you teach us to everybody that, you know, be practical and prepare, yeah. <laughs> prepare for the, uh, the most common eventualities. Yeah. Yeah. It's more likely to lose your job or have the car break down or have an unexpected medical expense than, 
than to have one of these big events happen. And if you've got, and you should also, with new preppers, don't try to have everything. Learn, get, go through the fear of what other people are going to do, and then have, and then have uh, supply. Set a goal to have eighty percent of everything you need, because somebody else have the twenty percent. That's great. I yeah. love it. And a Be- lot. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Um, a lot so- of this stuff is what Jack Spearco, you know, talked about. A lot of this. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of Jack stuff. I started with Jack, and and then I I, I tied in you know my my philosophy of it. Like I'm more of the handheld guy. I'm trying to help. I'm I'm the life coaching guy. I want to help people calm their fears. I want neighbors all around me to be Jack Spearco, but I don't need to be Jack Spearco. I need to be the person that wants to do life coaching that I'm trying to get into life coaching. I got my, I've got some training, some certificates, I've got insurance. But there, when you do about life coaching, when you take these classes, there's nobody, it's all about people in the office. It's not talk about guys in the old patch or work in the factory or work in the family business. Right. So then I bring, I bring that to, to prepping that it's not all about, you know, let's, let's call the animals. Let's, let's do the, let's, let's do all this other stuff. Let's uh, you know, let's get our guns and let's have the quick clot and let's ready to fight the battles. You're gonna you're gonna bury more dead bodies than you are going to uh, be in a gunfight because what's gonna happen is your neighbors, the old all the senior citizens, the COVID didn't get them a grid down place will because they're unhealthy people and they they're gonna run out of medicine. They're sure. gonna die, and you're gonna have to go down there and bury that dead body. So, yeah, I, I I love the 80% Dave Ramsey and the 20% Jack Spearco because, uh-huh. th- like you said, I mean, <laughs> what's the worst thing's going to happen if you pay your mortgage off, right? Or you pay yeah. your credit card? Nothing. I, it's all it's going to do is make your life better all and right. also put you in a position where you can you can look after those emergencies much better, hey? Yeah. And, and you just, you, you, you're, you're signing, the people in the United States sign up for sign up for unhappiness. They sign up for credit card debt and you can make as much money as you can if you want to. And if you can get out of that poverty mindset, there there, there are buses leaving the poor neighborhoods every day, a famous African-American guy said. So you can make as much money as you want. So, so make that money and choose happiness. And then you can, money helps. It, there's money helps. You can get, you can get, you can get treatment. You can you can hire people to help. You can do all the stuff, and you're not under trying to survive, trying to feed yourself if you don't have credit card debt in this country. Right. So you said you wanted to be, or that you're uh, kind of um, attempting to become a prepping life coach. Yeah. Do you find, like you said, you know, almost everyone comes to prepping because of an acute fear, right? Whether yeah. it's I'm scared of EMP or I'm scared of the poles shifting or I don't, whatever, right? But I also, I, I always had a saying that, um, you know, fear isn't a good long-term motivator. And a lot of people, they come, like you said, like you 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 came because you're in Wendy's drive-through and you heard Dick Cheney talking about, a, you know, North Korea, but you've stayed there. And what you've done now has made your life a lot better. So how yeah. do you, in, in in being a prepping life coach or you know working toward that, how are you going to take people from that you know that acute fear of I'm scared of say for instance Russia and Ukraine right now and take them into 
hopefully a, a long-term or lifestyle of preparedness. Yeah, well, how do I do that? I do that with the five stages of prepper denial. The, and what's first, that? Well, the first the first stage of prepper denial is laughter. Like, well, that could never happen. <laughs> okay. The, the second stage is feet frozen in fear. Like, oh my God, this guy's on to something and my my comfortable life is gonna is gonna be over. So pre-COVID, people didn't that they were they worked at casinos, they cut hair, they delivered pizzas. I mean, and there was always, and you couldn't find any, you couldn't find any good help. My boss could never find anybody. This, this employment, this work will always be there. Well, yeah. all of a sudden the pandemic hit and all those people got laid off. If you couldn't work from home and zoom, all the blue collar people, a lot of them got, got laid off. So, so, so what you can, so what you can do there. So, so then, so those people all woke up. And they're, they're, they're the ones that came. So the first they're laughing, you know, like right. they laugh no or whatever. Right. But yeah. then the, the second batch is, and that that's probably where people are starting to get interested in prepping. Are they? Cause they're well, scared. They're, or do they're, you think? At, the, the second stage is their, their, their feet are frozen because, Oh my God, this guy's on to something. So okay. they stop laughing and they're stuck and they're, and they're, they're stuck in one spot. So then the third stage is criticizing the messenger because the message is scary. And I yeah. like that stage. I'm glad I'll take the arrows. You hit, show them my way because if they're coming to me and saying, well, this won't work because of this, this, and this, that means they're thinking. That okay. means their feet are unfrozen. They're not in, they're not in that, they're not, they're not deer in the headlights. The deer in the headlights just stands there. He doesn't know what to do. And so you get out of the deer in the headlights. So then you attack the messenger. And then, and, and that's good. So then, uh, then you, the, the, the fourth stage is what is the government and utility companies doing to make sure I'm never uncomfortable? So, so then, so then they're, they're thinking, okay, this is real. So who else, who else, whose problem is this? It's the government, it's the utility company. So what am I worried about? Right. So then the fifth stage is, okay, I got, I got to, I got to be responsible for me. And so that's, so then they start privately prepping and, and just go for a whole year. Don't tell anybody. Just start doing it and get to the point where because you, you start talking to your neighbors and they say, oh, I'll just come to your house. Well, eventually oh. you get to the point when they say you can use that as a teaching moment. Great. Come to my house. Love to have you. Here's what you got to do. Please bring both your vehicles, one pulling your, your travel trailer you're going to sleep in and one pulling your, your flatbed trailer with your three-year supply of food, water, medical supplies, because you're not eating any of our stuff, but we'd love to have you. Now tell me, what does your wife and teenage children do well so I can know what kind of work crew to put them in? So what well, you're doing there. That's awesome. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's so what you're doing there is you're pushing <laughs> back. You're pushing back with equal force because you talk to your neighbor about prepping, and this is mostly guys. Guys, they don't, you know, they just push back and go, oh, just come to your house because they don't want to hear it. But what you're doing is you're pushing back with equal. They're being rude. And we'll just come eat all your stuff or we'll take your stuff. And you're and you're you're pushing back and you're educating them. Yep. You're making them think, what do you mean? Uh, work crew. I'm not going to work. You're not serious. Yeah, I'm going to work you to death. What's going to happen is the government's going to come by with that truck saying you want to go to the FEMA camp. And you're going to run to that truck 
and jump on and say, come on, we got to get it. Rob's working us to death. So what you're saying is prepping is personal responsibility. That's right. That's incredible. I love it. But what you're doing, though, is you're, I love it. I don't think I've ever heard anyone in prepping put it the way you put it. Because, you know, a lot of preppers get cocky, right? Or they get like, eh. Some people get that kind of nasty edge to them and it, that's not right. And I really, yeah. really appreciate your attitude because you're like, sure, I, you're showing your neighbors love because you're yeah. like, yeah, you can come. But at the same time, you're like, okay, I love you. You can come and stay here, but you got to pull your weight. And, and But then you're also saying, this is how to pull your weight. Yeah. That's good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a matter of getting them because that's what I want people to do is preppers. You know, we do a lot of talking and we talk about conspiracy theories and we do all this stuff. And what I want preppers to do is to is to not talk about conspiracy theories because that makes us look crazy. What I tell what I say is, is that preppers do not believe in conspiracy theories. We're worry warts and we worry about everything. And what I want them to do, we need a rebranding and I want them to delete all their YouTube videos and all their websites and take their favorite liberal to the gun range. And yes, because the, I know why. That, Keep going. that gets it. You see, you, you caught on what we're what we're doing is that what we're worried about and all these conspiracy theories is government doing crazy things, and I'm worried to death about it. But when we and not but and when we get into giving these examples, we lose people. We lose people that are in oh. the third stage of prepper denial, which is criticizing the message because the message is scary. So we got to have an unscary message. So we don't talk about conspiracy theories. What we do is we take them to the gun range because if we're worried about our guns being taken away, we create one more gun owner. What Why is that? Is, Just elaborate for some. Well, I, I know where you're going. Gun with owner this. in the United States, then this you know this country is a is a is built on self reliance and individual individual you know pull your you know carry your own weight and mm-hmm. we're a gun culture and so we're worried about big government and globalism and agenda 2030 and and world order and all that stuff and we worry that that the government's going to come in and want to take our guns so instead of talking about that instead of preaching to the choir create more gun owners and you have to what you have to do is you have to go to their kitchen table sit down there and talk to them take all the arrows about like this latest shooting in in uh, Milwaukee Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, and and the Sandy Hook. Well, in Sandy Hook, that mother bought the mentally ill teenager that gun, and she and he killed her with it. And those kids in that classroom. Well, those are hard conversations to have. So, if you can sit down, go find your favorite Democrat liberal who's a gun control advocate. Go sit down at the kitchen table and take all the arrows, and you you flip the the wife or you flip the man or whatever, uh, you know, in, in gay couples, you have the, the aggressive spouse and the passive spouse. You just, you got to flip one of them. Sure. Get, get them to start thinking out, you know, don't let them be the sheeple because the sheep automatically, they follow along. They're easily manipulated. They, you know, in this country, we get all riled up and, and, and we got people are losing friendships over politics and that's all, that's all dumb. So why, why do you take them to the gun range, though? That's what I, well, I. You take them. You take them to the gun range, and you you take them to the gun range. You take them in the door, and you you immerse them in gun culture. 
you take them to the picnic table where all the gun guys sit around and tell stories and you sit down there and say, okay, we're going to talk guns. This is a new gun owner. And then let them ask their questions. So, and that's, so if you take them to the gun range and you show them how, how uh, obsessively the gun people talk about safety and you mm -hmm. get them some training, you put that gun in their hand and, and then, and then, so what you're doing is you're showing them that this is a tool. The gun is a tool that can be used for good or for bad, because there's a gun that that bad guy used in Milwaukee. Now, in Russia, it's the same gun or China that they tap. If you say something against the government, they come tap on your door, point that gun at you and say, you come with us. We're going to shoot everybody in your house in front of you. Then you're going to come with us. It's the same gun. One thing I was thinking was, and I'm sure this is kind of where you're heading with it, but when the first time you fire a gun, it's pretty hard to wipe that smile off your face. Yeah. And when I, I when I was in Orlando, I went to Machine Gun America because we don't yeah. have machine guns up here, of right. course. And Becky has a video of me turning around grinning like a little schoolgirl, you know? Right. And a lot of times, like, and what I love what you're talking about was take the arrows, sit down, yeah. have a conversation, legitimately deal. Because I, the longer I converse with people from both sides of the fence, I honestly believe that most of us are 90 to 95 percent. We, we, we believe 90 to 95 percent of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. It's that 5 percent that both the media and people and, you know, love to focus on and divide us on. But yeah. you're, I love that, Rob. That's that's like that's bringing people together. You know, yeah. that's great, man. Yeah. So, Are there any other special considerations for uh, special needs kids? I know we talked about food and uh pattern or you know um keep keeping the routine the same anything else that would be important well it's good for for special needs families you, you need to network you need to get out of your comfort shell you got to get away from the, the fear of what other people are going to do as soon okay. as you can get out of that work takes about a year to work through that and sometimes the man is more um can get out of it sooner than the ladies because ladies have a fear that the men are going to be killed and the bad guys are going to come after them and the children. Now, I've asked about a dozen ladies that I've never had a lady disagree with that. So you have to be the man. Men have men were created to be protectors of innocent women and children. So men have to step up and 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 do this. And so when you have a special needs child, what you have to, what you have to think about is I don't want them to get into gardening or homesteading. You network with other people that can do that. Establish your compound, find a hobby, because all special needs parents, they need some type of hobby. I've got prepping, and that's, but to distract you from the from the responsibility of a special needs child, well, get into ham radio, get into herbal medicine, but but let let somebody else uh, grow the food. Let somebody else work out in the in the yard and do the animals and raise the crops. But you'll have you have some diesel fuel. You know, I don't have anything that has diesel fuel. I'm going to have 20 gallons of diesel fuel. And then mm -hmm. when the event happens, I'll go down and I'll trade that to the farmer for some food. So how can I support them? So start networking with 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 people that can help your child. And uh, what is, you know, whatever, whatever type of what your child needs. Um, just network with those people to be ready for them to help you. Is there any other, if, if, if you had 
strangers or people that just came to your house that you just met, yeah. would there be in, and, and this could be in a normal everyday situation or a grid down situation. Yeah. Is there any way that they can help you or is it just like stay out of my way is the best way to help me? Well, for, for me, I would, they could help. I mean, that's the, I'd have to, I'm such a loving, kind guy. I'll, I'll have to have my neighbors help me evaluate if, before we let strangers in the house. But with, with Josh, that that uh, he's very easy to, he's very easy going. And, okay. Because uh, like that, like whenever, like we go to the, the oil change place and they have a lady there working and he hides under the seat because he thinks I'm going to leave him there to do therapy. Oh, you know, but uh, but because he he's been raised by ladies, you know, doing therapy with him his yep. whole life. But anybody could come in and work with Josh. Um, so um, so okay. I, I, you know, but you have to if you have a child that's in a wheelchair, you have a child that's that's very sensitive or is very big. Then it, you just have to. Different parents know what they what they need, and they need to start networking now, and start building a community. And, you know, in trade, like I can't do a GSD weekend, but if you can develop a group like that, well, I'll bring over my dump truck and you fill it full of junk. Right. Well, and, you can... and you just try to network and trade with people. <laughs> and then and then you make friends with them and then you see how they're like in a normal situation. Because you meet a stranger after the event goes down, you don't know what their normal is. Right. But you fig- you meet people, network now. And it'll make your prepping. There's no downside to prepping. No, none. So really, what you're, so what you're saying is, you know, food, medicine, routine, and and community, which is yeah. basically normal everyday prepping, except yeah. um, you, you need to uh, blend, you know, blend it and bend it toward yeah. your own personal, you know, you, you and and your missus and Josh's needs, right. hey. Man, Rob, you got some good stuff there. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty much out of time right now. Actually, okay. we're, we're at an hour. Man, we did went, like like talking to an old friend. It doesn't take very long, you know. Yeah. So, how uh, you know any final thoughts and how can people find you, Rob? Well, the the, the main the website is is prepper presentationscom Okay. And so I got my email address at the bottom there, or you can click the contact form. And so what I want to do is, is I'm, 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 a, I want to do life coaching over zoom. I think that I, I can charge $40 an hour. And my thing, what I bring to life coaching is that I've had a lot of people over the years say, we need to quit your family business. You need to put your child in a home because people speak with authority on stuff they don't know anything about. And they give (laughs) a lot of bad advice with sincerity. And so what frightens me is that, is that I don't want to be that person. And then you have to be careful. Like you can give some, you have to manage a light bulb moment. You can, you can, when you give somebody a great idea, they could run out the next day and quit their job. Cause if people have given me a light bulb moment and they've said, now be careful with the power that you, that you now see that you have. So life coaching is, is, uh, is, is serious stuff. And I want to be, I want to work with, a therapist. I mean, a ther- you go get your therapy, and come back to me and I'll help you with your homework. Nice. And then I can do that with prepping. I can do prepping. I want to do prepping consulting. I want to just help people. It's more of the hold their hand and, and talk through their fears. There's other guys, Jack Spiracle's got a great network of, 
of, of people to help with uh, the big things. I want to help with the, the things that are inside your heart. What, what, what's at risk? What's at risk to do this? What's at risk to look at this? That's what I bring to the table. Well, thanks, Rob. You got a big heart, man. I appreciate that. And you, obviously, yeah, you got enough enough love to share with uh, Josh and it seems like a, a whole Prepper community. So thank right. you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. And it's prepper-presentations.com? Yes, okay. .com. Okay. And that's the way if anybody wants to hook up with you for um, prepping life coaching, that's the way to go? Yep. It's on there. You just go to my website and look through it. My, the last thing, my goal of the website was to create a resource website because I've got YouTube channels, I've got the books, I've got the podcast, and however you want to get your stuff. And I've got all the personalities. You want Jack Spiracle, foot up the butt, you can do that. You want the survival mom, you know, nice and gentle, you can do that. You can get the Patriot nose, foot up the butt. But what you can do is I got a section for lady preppers. And mm -hmm. so just ladies can go through that and, and find out, okay, how do you want your information? What format? And then how do you want it? Do you want it gentle or, or ungentle? Un yep. And do you like podcasts or books or YouTube videos? Do you want to play in your car and listen? I've got it all there. My goal is if somebody just goes once to my website, finds a, finds a resource and goes somewhere else, never comes back, my job is done. I don't have any pop-up ads. <laughs> There's no, and it, it's, it's very plain. Just go get your stuff and go start prepping. Nice. Martinson family, they're a fellow Canadian. They said boundless respect for you, sir. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was no, thank you very much. So yeah, I'll uh if, if you wanna if you can hang on for just a second in the background, I'll close up the show and I'll be right back with you, sir. Okay, thank you. No problem. Thanks, Rob. Well, guys, that you never know where shows are gonna go. And this was a topic that I I didn't know anything about. And I feel like Rob, beyond teaching me. Uh, just a little bit about living with an autistic family member. I think we got to see Rob's heart. I think that was really cool. What a guy, you know, to, to look after his son, you know, um, with his wife for so much time and uh, to still have so much love to give to other people and, and wanting to help people new and experienced in preparedness. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to him and guys. Uh, thanks. This was a great show. Absolutely great show. And, uh, next, I will see you Tuesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time on Fireside Freedom. And we've got Thursday Preparedness. We'll have a Saturday show. And then, of course, Sunday, we have our interview with um, Greg from the Apocalyptic Training Camp in Edmonton, which is going to be an awesome show. So, guys, as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. <laughs>